0: Last Sunday night, I taught on, uh, how hungry are you? And just seemed like we weren't quite done. You know, you can't really exhaust those subjects, but it seemed like we weren't quite done with that. So if I were to title this tonight, I think I would title it, How Big Is Your Want To? How Big Is Your Want To? And we're going to talk about how much do we really desire Him? I heard a story years ago, Pastor John Osteen, Joel Osteen's father, who's in heaven now. But I heard him tell this, and it just so resonated in my spirit as I was thinking about this just actually today on sharing this. I was reminded of this story. There was this pilot, and he had a few hours off, so he decided to go have lunch on the beach And as he was eating his lunch, this bumblebee kept flying around and flying around and flying around. Did you know that bumblebees are a wonder of nature? Their little fat bodies and their short little wings really should not be able to fly. But they can because God created them to fly. So he's watching this bumblebee and it keeps flying around and gets closer and closer. So he swatted it away, came back. And then it came back and it got really close. and It was trying to land on his food. So he hit it and the bumblebee hit the ground. And it rolled across the sand, crawled away. And then a little bit here, it came back. And this time he's like, you silly little bumblebee. So he swatted it to the ground. It was the sand. He stomped on it and he buried it. In the sand. So he's sitting there eating his lunch. All of a sudden, he sees the sand start moving. (laughs) He's like, What? And this little bumblebee crawled out of the sand, shook the sand off. And sat there licking his wings. Trying to get all of the sand off of it. He's like, what is wrong with this bumblebee? It's shaking it and all of the sand off. It tried to walk. It started walking a little bit. Then all of a sudden it started flapping its tiny little wings. It took off a little bit. And he's just sitting there in amazement that this bumblebee was still alive, first of all. And it was trying to fly. The longer he sat there and watched it... He just was amazed. And all of a sudden, this bumblebee kept working its wings, working its wings. And then in a little while, it took off and flew right over his head. And as he was sitting there, the Lord spoke to him. And he said, that bumblebee had a big want to. That bumblebee wanted to live, and that bumblebee wanted to fly. It had a huge want to. It didn't give up. And the Spirit of God said to him, how big is your want to? Even when life knocks you down, even when you feel like you've been stomped on and put down into the sand and the difficulties have come, how big, how determined is your desire to get up and to fly again. Amen. How many of you in here got a big want to, you got a big desire to follow God and to see God's best in your life. If you were in the 11 a.m. service today, we had a wonderful testimony from our sweet Iman Jean. And you know, she has told me on numerous occasions, my life has not been easy. I've had to go through a lot of rough and tough things. And I've been there with her in some of them. I know it's been hard, but that woman, refuses to give up. She just keeps on smiling, keeps on ticking and keeps on going. Hallelujah. Cause she believes it with all of her heart. God's not done with me yet. He's got some things for me to do. I'd say I'm a Jean has a big want to. Amen. What about our Lord Jesus Christ? Just think about Him. He was crucified. He was put into the grave, but He had a big want to to get up, and He got up. He rose up on that third day, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Sometimes you just gotta shake yourself, and you just gotta get up. The fight may come, life might knock you down, but you ought to be like Jesus. He's not. He said, "I." I'm gonna be the last man standing in the battle of the ages. He won. Hallelujah. Rose up victorious and he has given that victory to us. Amen. He always causes us to triumph. Glory to God. We ought to be like this. Like the Apostle Paul, he had a lot of difficulties in his life as well. But he said, I'm going to finish my course and I'm going to finish it with joy. And my course is not going to finish me off. I'm going to finish my Course, Amen. And you know, I would believe part of the reason that Apostle Paul was so strong in his want to and in his desire is because he never stopped pursuing God. Amen. He never reached a place in his life that he said, I've arrived. I, You know, look at all these epistles that I've written. Look at all these people that I've led to the Lord. The deliverances of people getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I've arrived. He never said that. What did he say? He said in the book of Philippians in chapter 3 verse 10, this is what the Apostles Paul attitude was. This was his want to and it ought to be ours as well. For my determined purpose is that I may know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and clearly and that I may in the same way come to know the power outflowing From his resurrection. Which it exerts over believers. And that I may also share his suffering. As to be continually transformed. In spirit. Into his likeness. Even to his death. In the hope. So he says here I've got a determined purpose. That sounds to me like a strong desire. A big want to To know Him in a greater fashion. To become more deeply acquainted to Him. And to know that power outflowing from His resurrection pastor mentioned it this morning, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Where is it? It dwells in us. That same resurrection power that the apostle Paul said, I'm determined to know, to come into a greater knowledge, to become acquainted with that resurrection power. It's in us. It ought to be our determined purpose to let it dwell and move in our lives. Pastor this morning, he also said this at the end of the service, deep calls to deep. And we as a church, we're going into a deeper relationship with Jesus. We are going deeper in our prayer life. We're believing and we're having greater manifestations of his glory. Just like tonight as we're worshiping the Lord. We, we as believers who, who've been born again a long time. And we've been around the things of God. And we've been in his presence. We can get acclimated to the presence of the Lord. And begin to take it for granted but as people begin to come and they are coming from the north <coughs> the south the east and the west They're coming. Even this very building is calling to them. We believe as we're getting that sign out there, as people drive by, that sign is going to speak to them. Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. Hallelujah. Are going to call people into this place. And we shouldn't be surprised if people walk in the door and just fall on their knees and start calling on God. The presence of the Lord is tangible in here. And we don't want to take it for granted. We want to reverence it. We want to honor it and we want to preserve it. We want to desire more of him. Do you? I know you do. Amen. Desire is an amazing motivating factor, a force really The word desire, a couple of the definitions are a strong longing, a craving. Have you ever had a food craving? Well, I could ask some of my mamas in here that have ever been pregnant. You know, I, I wasn't like crazy about food cravings when I was pregnant. But, you know, I did have some. And it's like all of a sudden it's beyond I would kind of like some ice cream. Mostly I craved fried foods. I would kind of like some fried chicken. I would kind of like some fried okra. But you know it got beyond kind of like into honey, go get me some fried chicken. Go to the colonel right now. I know he's open. Get me some chicken. And maybe yours was ice cream. It wasn't like, ah, ice cream sounds kind of good. It was I want ice cream now. That's a strong craving. It goes beyond, it would kind of be nice to have, I too, I gotta have it now. And even not beyond food. When people have a strong desire for something, have you ever noticed they find a way to get it? In a bad way, Sometimes people have a strong desire and they have a craving for things that are destructive. Alcohol and drugs and these horrible addictions and and that just takes control of a person's life. It, It leads to a life of crime and it leads to a life of destruction. How did that start? It started by yielding to a wrong Desire and that desire took over and became a craving and then it became an addiction. If that can happen in the bad sense, it can happen in the positive sense. You and I ought to crave the things of God. It can go beyond a little desire. Wouldn't it be nice to go to church? But you know, it's raining outside, so I don't think I will go beyond just wouldn't it be nice? A little desire into, I have to have God. There's even a scripture that talks about that we can get addicted to serving the Lord. Think about that. Wouldn't that be amazing that we had addicts in the church that were just like, what can I do? I got to do more. I got to do more. Where else can I serve? What else can I do? Where else can I give? Addicted to serving to God. Where does that come from? A love. A love and a desire for Him above all else. Amen? Yes. If we can crave natural things, we can crave Jesus. We can have a hunger for His Word. Amen? The Bible tells us this in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2 out of the amplified, it says this: Like newborn babies. You should crave, thirst for, and earnestly desire the pure, adulterated spiritual milk, that by it you may be nurtured and grow unto completed salvation. Did you hear those words? crave thirst for earnestly desire and how I like how it says that the pure unadulterated spiritual milk The pure word of God. I said it last week. We don't want to be eating spiritual junk. We want to be feasting on manna from heaven. We want to be feasting on the word of God that feeds and nourishes our spirit. That produces spiritual growth. Amen. Does anyone agree with what Peter says here in verse 3? So he's telling us we need To desire and crave the word of God. And then in verse 3, this is what he says about it. Since you have already tasted the goodness and the kindness of God. So he's letting us know if you will feed on the word of God, you're going to be saying, "Ooh, that was good. Hmm, that was tasty. That was yummy for my spiritual tummy. The word of God is good. The psalmist David said the same thing in Psalms 34, 8. He said, oh, oh, taste and see that the Lord, our God, what is he? He's good. And then he said this blessed, happy, fortunate, To be envied is the man who trusts and takes refuge in him. Have I got any folks in here that can say yes and amen to this verse? Have you tasted and have you seen that the Lord is good? Then you're blessed. You're blessed. If you've been born again, if you have been filled with the Holy Spirit, if you've been in the word of God, you ought to know that you are blessed. And those that don't know Jesus, they're going to look at our lives and they're going to say, "Woo, you're blessed. We ought to provoke a jealousy in people, a godly envy, because we're so blessed, not just blessed. What else are we supposed to be happy? There's a thought happy are the people whose God is the Lord you're not going to win the multitudes to Jesus with looking like you've been sucking on sour persimmons smile let's practice smile everybody smile I didn't see 100% participation everybody smile Some of you are afraid your face might crack. No, no, no. Smile. Smile. Happy, happy, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And you know, if you've been feasting on the Word of God then this is what's going to happen to you. In Psalms 119, verse 103, I'll amplify it again. It says, how sweet are your words to taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I like sweets. Shouldn't eat them very much, but I do like sweets. And when I eat sweets, most of the time, it makes me smile. Later, I regret it because, you know, it shows up in places. But <laughs> but he said, we can take the word and go, mmm, that tastes delicious. It's sweeter than honey to my mouth. Amen. Yeah. So this should be our quest, folks, that we would get greater revelation from the word of God. That we would desire earnestly the sincere milk of the Word. Anybody want to grow up become more like Him? Absolutely. How about this? That we would uh, want to have richer and more deeper fellowship with Him. And how about this one? Should we desire to develop in our prayer life? Prayer is heartfelt communion with Him. It's talking to our Heavenly Father, our King of kings, our Lord of lords. And it doesn't need to be a shallow thing. It doesn't need to be a mundane religious exercise. Prayer ought to be exciting. Prayer ought to be a time when you're pouring out your heart to Him But you're also listening. And He's given you insight. And He's given you wisdom. And He's given you revelation on the affairs pertaining to your life. Prayer is a two-way street. It's not us just doing all of the talking. We need to talk. But sometimes we just talk, 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 talk about this. Talk about that. Okay, I feel better. I'm done. And the Lord's like, wait, wait. I had something to tell you about that. I had a revelation to give you about that. We ought to desire earnestly to develop our prayer lives. To grow in how we communicate with Him. To grow in how we hear from Him. Amen? I found this scripture just today, and I know it's always been in the Bible... But I just saw it today, a different light. And as I was looking at it, it was just coming up in my heart that this is our prayer. I say ours. I mean Pastor Mark and I, the staff. This is our prayer for you, Heart of the Bay Christian Center family. It's in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 11. I'm going to read it again out of the Amplified. But we do strongly and earnestly desire for each of you to show the same diligence and sincerity all the way through in realizing and enjoying the full assurance. And development of your hope until the end. That spoke to me because it's my prayer for myself. It's my prayer for our family here. A strong desire that each of us, each of you would what? Be diligent about serving Jesus. Be sincere about being a good witness for him desire that each and every one of us would run our race and finish our course and I love that phrase there all the way through not serve the Lord until things get difficult halfway through and quit I could name names tonight and it doesn't make my heart happy, but I could name names of people that started off with zeal and passion for the Lord and something happened that they got hurt or they got wounded or a difficult situation arose in their life and they're nowhere to be found in the kingdom of God tonight. That's not what we desire. We desire for our sheep, our precious, precious people at Heart of the Bay. We desire for everyone to have that same diligence that we have about careers. That same diligence that we might have about getting things. To have that same diligence to go all the way through. Not halfway and quit, not get on the one yard line right before the breakthrough was about to happen and just drop the football or throw in the towel and say, it's not working. No, all the way way through. That's my determined purpose for my life. Is it yours? That's what we're praying over you. I like this. It's going to be a new prayer of mine that we are strongly and earnestly desiring and praying for every single one of you to eat the whole row, to get to the finish line, to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servants. I don't want anyone in here to get before the throne of God and him to say, well, well, why'd you quit? Or him to say, half done. I want to hear well done. Do you want to hear well done all the way through? Now, I know some of the doctrine and maybe some of the the verbiage wasn't always correct in the church that I grew up in. Good little Pentecostal church. But I do know this. Those saints taught me and I saw people that would spend hours on their knees. My mother was one of them. Spend hours on their knees and they would not get up until they said, we prayed through. We prayed through. What are they saying? We got that note of victory. We know we got it. We got it. We prayed through. We don't need to be in such a hurry in His presence. When we're seeking Him. When we're praying about something. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, in our our church services, of course, there's time restraints and and those things happen. But I'm talking about when you are at home, pray through. If you don't know what that means, then that means you ain't done it yet. You ain't through. You ain't through. Cause you know, when you is through, you know, when you got that note of victory, things might not look any different. The people may not be acting any different, but you got it in here. And when you got it in here, when you prayed it through and you got it here and you got the victory, then you're not moved. By what you might see or not see in the natural. Can anybody relate to what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's not always easy when God puts something. On the inside of you. And you know that you need to obey in a certain area. It doesn't always mean that it's going to be easy on the flesh. It will cost the flesh something. It costs the flesh something to give Jesus your all. But the cost is never greater than the reward. Your flesh might scream if you have that prompting to get up an hour early and pray. Or your flesh may not want to go talk to that person that you have that unction on the inside of you. Or your flesh may not even want to pray for that ugly person at work. It costs you something. Your flesh. But the reward is always greater than the cost. Just think about our Lord Jesus. Do you think it was easy for him in the flesh to go to the cross? Well, let's just look at this. We'll go a little bit longer tonight. Not too much, but a little bit longer here. In Luke chapter 22, this was the last supper prior to him going to the cross. Verse 14, when the hour had come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. Then he said to them with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Jesus knew who he was and why he came. He was well aware of his destiny. He knew he was going to be crucified. He knew what was facing him after this last supper with his disciples. Yet he said with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you. You know his flesh wasn't excited. Right after this, they went To the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed an anguishing prayer. A prayer so intense. The Bible says that his sweat drops of blood. One commentator says about that. Blood was coming out of his pores because his heart was literally breaking. For you and for me. His desire to do the Father's will was greater than what his flesh was screaming. In that same chapter, Luke 22 and verse 42, he said, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus' desire to please the Father. His desire to redeem you and me overshadowed the pain and the agony that he was facing. Listen to this. Jesus knew this. He knew his mission was not to be a martyr But to be our Messiah. People had been killed. Two other people were dying with him that day. But he knew. I'm not coming to be a martyr. I'm here. To lay down my life. To be. A Messiah. Jesus. For the joy. That was set. Before him. Endured the cross. His want to was big. Hallelujah. I quoted that it's Hebrews twelve two. for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. He despised the shame and then he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The cross was not the end. What you're going through right now is not the end. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Desire him above all else. And he will give you that strength that you need. He'll give you that breakthrough that you can go all the way through. through. And we're not going to go all the way through beat up. And beat down. That's not how we're finishing. We're believers. How many believers do we have in here today? We are believers. And believers believe. And this is how we're going to finish tonight. And this is how we're going to finish our course. In First Peter 1.8 says this. Whom having not seen ye love. In whom though now ye see not. Yet believing ye rejoice. With joy unspeakable and full of glory. Maybe you haven't seen all the desires of your heart come to pass. I'm sure no one in here can say, yeah, everything I've ever believed God for... It's already happened. No, as long as we're here on this earth, there's going to be things that we need to believe God for. There's going to be a press, a pressing into God, our determined purpose to know him so we can show him. But I want to encourage you. Keep your faith on the line. See it with the eye of faith and then do what? He said, whom having not seen yet believe. Yet believing, and when we are believing, when we are in faith and we are in trust, we are in rest and we are rejoicing, we rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of Glory because we see and we know yeah. the end result. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo, glory to God. The end result he gives us the desires of our heart. Hallelujah. Those that seek the Lord will not be ashamed. Glory be to God. So I ask you one more time, how hungry are you and how big is your want to then I think if the answer is I'm hungry and I want God above all else I believe him with all of my heart then there's nothing left to do but to rejoice